What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Hey, just wanted to remind you of that time your kicker missed the extra point and lost the game. Even though he literally never missed an extra point, he chose this playoff game to miss. Yeah, I just noticed you hadn't thought about that in a bit. Wouldn't want you to miss, you know, thinking about it. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. my loves welcome back to the podcast my name is deandre nicolette if you're new here my love welcome to the podcast i hope you enjoyed today's episode and if you're an og listener y'all already know the vibes okay hey girl hey hey boy hey what's popping what's good welcome back to another episode of manifest daily my loves it is currently wednesday february 9th as i record this and i am so excited because i just got off the best guest call ever for the podcast i was just having a chat with nautica flowers also known as little astro angel and we were talking all about astrology y'all okay so i literally wanted to sit down with nautica and i wanted to talk to nautica about just the astrology of this year like what is going on with the planets what's going on what do we need to know what are the vibes vibes okay what are the vibes for this year what are the stars saying what's aligning and what's not aligning because y'all just know that we went through a really like intense transit it was the mercury venus retrograde which nautica and i get all into the conversation about what that is why it's significant what like would have happened and what you should be reflecting on now that we are past that specific transit But that was kind of what sparked this initial, like me reaching out to Nautica and being like, listen, can you come on the podcast and chat with me? That and I'd also had a reading. Literally, my reading was so good. It was so in-depth. Nautica shared their screen and we went through exactly what specific transits I could expect in my chart this year, what the vibes were giving, what they weren't giving, what I should be focusing on. And you know, spoiler alert, this year is apparently a big year for me for career. We love that okay get to the money get to the bag yes baby girl okay however however it is also a big year for self-love you know i'm trying to call my mans and whatever so i'm like where he at okay where he at because he clearly got to be with the bag vibes too because that's that's basically what my chart was saying is like you know i gotta get clear on like what i'm calling in who i'm calling in but it really is a big year for me for career Anyways, that being said, this conversation is so good. If you are someone who's like into astrology or maybe you're like dipping your toes into astrology, you want to learn more about what the specific transits mean, what retrogrades mean, because I know we are all familiar with the term Mercury retrograde, but sometimes when you hear it over and over and over again, you're like, what is what is the actual significance of Mercury retrograde? Like besides people always saying, oh, you know, your phone's not going to work or, oh, your ex is about to hit you back up or like, oh, you better not buy that computer, girl. It's Mercury retrograde. Like what are the other significant parts of that specific transit? So we get into all that in our conversation Before we dive in, I'm going to do a little intro of Nautica. So Nautica, like I said, is also known as a little astro angel. All of Nautica's links will be down in the show notes, um, their Twitter, Instagram, and website as well if you want to book a reading. So Nautica has been practicing astrology for over seven years as well as gaining knowledge in Tarot 
oracle, numerology, as well as other various divination and energy practices. So Nautica studies are centered in modern astrology with a focus on improving and innovating the future of astrology and its perception in mainstream and underground communities. So we are going to hear all about that, what sparked Nautica's interest in astrology and how they've grown their work in this specific community and like what other works they're doing in the world when it comes to astrology. So I, like I said, am super excited for this conversation. It was beautiful, lots of amazing energy. I hope you guys enjoy as well. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this conversation. And like I said, my loves, all of Nautica's links will be down in the show notes if you want to check them out. But I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. Let's go ahead and dive into it. My loves, I am so excited for this conversation. Today we are chatting with Nautica. They are a astrologer and we're going to have this amazing conversation about what astrology is, some of the major transits that we need to be aware of for 2022 and some other, you know, juicy astrology tea. So Nautica, let's go ahead and dive into this conversation. I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience, um, just a little bit about who you are, what you do and like all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm Nautica Flowers. I use they, them pronouns, and I've been studying astrology for going on eight years now. Um, in those eight years, I've also studied and practiced tarot, oracle, numerology, and you know various other divination practices as well. But I do mainly see myself as not only an astrology reader, but also as a teacher. So the goal of all of my readings, all of my services, my workshops, is to make sure that I give my clients the tools to study and understand their own birth charts without needing to consult with um, um, me or consult with anybody else. Uh, I also work as an event coordinator. I consult with media about astrology content, and I serve as a business consultant to help small businesses and brands find success. Oh, I love this. Literally, like <laughs> I love everything that you just said, especially the part about education and empowerment. I think sometimes like with these different like practices, it can be so easy to get into them and then almost like get into a place where you feel like you have to rely on someone else and you, you know, you get kind of pulled away from your own intuition, your own inner knowing and your own like understanding of these practices. So I love that empowerment and education is a big part of what you do. And that's literally how I stumbled across you on Twitter was actually <laughs> one of your tweets and you're like hilarious. You're amazing on Twitter as well. Like such good information. So we'll obviously have your Twitter linked below. But one of my big questions is like, how did you get into astrology? Like what is your sort of like your origin story when it comes to astrology yeah. and some of the other divination tools? Yeah. So I would say since I started learning astrology when I was pretty young, um, it started off pretty innocent, you know, the little Tumblr posts about your sign is like cereals, for example, um, and things like that that were cute and smaller always really interested me. But um, when I got my first job, when I turned 16, I started working at a bookstore. And so when I worked there, I would just read all of the astrology, all of the tarot information, all of the divination books, like front to back, every shelf possible, every new book that came in, I immediately had my hands on it. So I would say I've gotten really deeply into more of the research side of astrology since I was younger. Um, and for me, when I turned 17, I had a really scary experience where I ended up being hospitalized and um, I was institutionalized for a period of time. And when I was there, I had no access to like, you know, my phone or even, you know, my astrology books or anything like that. But I just was having these, these kind of like, almost like prophetic dreams, or I was just getting all this messaging that was just making me feel like I needed to go look at my chart or I needed to dive deeper into astrology. I needed to understand something. So when I got out of the hospital, that's the first thing that I did was I immediately, I went to my books and I went to look at my chart and I just pulled up all these tabs and I was just Googling and researching away. And I just started to find all of these answers to the questions that I was struggling with at that time. And I was having strangers just, you know, get my chart and tell me, you know, X, Y, Z thing that I had literally just been struggling and dealing with. And I just felt this huge rush of, you know, fear of being seen and exposed. And I felt this rush of happiness about being validated for the things that I had experienced. And once the rush 
started, the rush really didn't stop for me. And so after I had that experience, that just complete light bulb moment where everything just started to make sense for me, I became 100% committed to spending the rest of my life helping other people have those light bulb moments and, and find that same rush that I did. Oh my gosh. Yes. That reminds me of like our reading that we had where we went over like some stuff from our chart and like exactly what you described, like that rush, that excitement, sort of like the light bulb moments. I remember having a bunch of those during our conversation. So I love that that's kind of fueled you to continue on this journey and to also like learn more about astrology and also empower others. And one of the things that I'm always curious about when it comes to not just astrology, but like even some of the other tools. So feel free to touch on some of the other tools if you kind of have an answer for this. But when we're talking about astrology in our everyday lives, like how can we best use it to guide us along our path? Because I think sometimes that we get into these tools and these practices and it almost seems like things are very set in stone and it almost feels as if kind of like, okay, well, you know, your chart says this is going to happen or like this bad, this bad transit, quote unquote bad, right. is happening. Like, and you sort of feel like you're no longer empowered. You kind of feel afraid. So how can we sort of like use astrology in our everyday lives to, like you said, feel empowered. And also are these influences, these transits, especially the ones that we're going to talk about, like, are they set in stone or are they more so like a little bit fluid? Yeah, that's a really good point. I would say I try really hard to emphasize the idea of free will to all of my clients and all of my practices um, and to remind my clients that ultimately everything is in their control. I like to you know, think about it as our birth chart is something that is unmovable. It's something that's kind of set in stone. It doesn't change, but the transits move around our birth chart. And so on a day-to-day basis, the transits and the way that the planets are fluidly moving is what allows every day to be different than the last. Um, And so allowing those transits and understanding those transits and how they're going to impact your life and seeing them as kind of like preparation or seeing them as a cheat code in a way, I found to be the best balance of kind of, okay, there's things that the universe wants to happen to me or wants me to see. There's things that I shouldn't run away from or shouldn't try to, you know, maybe avoid happening if it seems like it's natural for them to happen. But that doesn't mean that I have to just completely surrender my own free will and my own self-control. Mm-hmm. Have you ever um, played Sims? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. The minute you said cheat code, I was literally like motherload in Sims. Cause like that is all I remember is playing that game and like using the code motherload to like get money and just build a house. But yeah, mm-hmm. astrology is the cheat code. Literally. Yes. Yes. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2 and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. So let's dive into some of our like 2022 cheat codes, if you will. So I would love to talk about like the biggest slash like most significant transits that we need to know about for 2022. And then also to like, 
what is the overall theme for this year? Because I know sometimes different astrologers will be like, a lot of these specific trends are happening. So like it's giving this year, this certain vibe. Like what's the vibe for 2022? What is it giving? Yeah, I would say it's giving thematically that the bubble is about to burst and so at the beginning of this year it's (laughs) at the beginning of this year it's a lot of preparation a lot of things loading um you know I talked on Twitter a lot about the beginning months of of 2022 being kind of soulmate season and so we're partnering up we're coupling up we're finding our group of people we're finding our person um but it's almost as if it's preparation for something bigger where things are really going to shift and change in the middle part of the year with the transits that start happening there when we get this huge rush through the summer of just all these different retrogrades. Um, but I would say starting at the beginning of the year, it's a lot of this kind of preparation and build up work for how things are about to change, the tides are about to turn, and the bubble is basically about to, to burst for um, the collective. I, I feel that because I almost feel like this year, feels like a lot of big things are going to happen. And I mean, I I know a lot of us can argue we felt that energy for several years, but it has felt kind of like things are leading up to something really big happening, whether that's on an individual level for like, I know myself, some of my friends I've spoken to, and also just on that collective level. So like, what are some, I guess, maybe specific like transits and dates that we need to be aware of, especially if we're talking about this theme of preparation. And then also this theme of, you mentioned during the summer, like the tide turning, is there like a specific day, the specific retrograde that we should all kind of like, you know, be aware of and keep our eye on as we're going throughout the year? Yeah, there's a few. So I would say the the first one to start 2022 that we can practice reflecting on since it's already passed, what I would say the be the Venus and the Mercury retrogrades overlap. So from January 14th to January 29th is when Venus and Mercury were both retrograding at the same time. Um, and so for that period of time, we were really rethinking foundations of love. We were rethinking ideas of long-term commitment, building love on stable grounds. Um, we noticed that there was a lot of breakups happening and those breakups were happening in relationships where it kind of was a bit overdue, where these two people had outgrown each other or realized that they were going in different directions or realized that the relationship was not built on stable foundations. Um, But at the same time, we also saw a lot of proposals. We saw a lot of engagements. And that was because those were relationships where two people had kind of been together for a while. And this was an overdue decision in a way. They realized that they were actually able to spend the rest of their lives together um, and seeing each other as viable options for that kind of long lasting commitment. So that period of time where Venus, the planet of love, and Mercury, the planet of our thoughts, our communication, where both retrograding was really pulling us back to the past to be rethinking, um, okay, what do I really want out of love? What do I really expect out of love? And after those retrogrades ended, they allow us to go forward with that information and say, okay, this is what I'm going to build on top of now. Yeah. yeah and pause really quick and chat yeah. about that one? Because that one, I, I feel that one so completely because I saw a lot of exactly what you said, right? Either it was like a lot of people were breaking up or a lot of people were just sort of getting into that next level of commitment. I know personally, like I went through a period of kind of rethinking like what I wanted in a long-term relationship. And that's sort of been the season that I've been in for like the last year of being single. But I especially noticed it during the retrograde season of like, okay, what am I doing with like my career and how does that relate to like the life I want to build and how does a partner come into that? So for those that are maybe either like single or in a relationship, like definitely having that point in time of reflection and looking back and thinking of like what you want sort of your partnership to look like. And and you mentioned too, not just on a romantic level, but also community as well, right? Um, with, with Venus, Venus is love in all kinds of forms. And so it's yes, romantic love between you and another person, but it's also the way that you love yourself, the way that you love your family, the way that you love your friends. Um, and so just rethinking our heart and the interactions of our heart in general is, was really important for that period of time. And especially because in December 29th of this year, Mercury will go into retrograde in Capricorn again. So Mercury was retrograding in Capricorn during this period of time. Venus was retrograding in Capricorn during this period of time. And when it retrogrades again on December 29th, we're going to be revisiting those conclusions that we came to. So it's kind of like starting at the beginning of the year, 
with the foundations that you want to build. And then at the end of the year, kind of checking in with ourselves and saying, okay, I said that this is what I wanted from love. I said that this is what my next relationship would look like. Did I actually do it? Um, do I need to change things again? Did I build on shaky foundations again? Should I deepen this commitment because I actually did do what I said that I wanted to do, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm curious, what is the signal? Well, I have two questions, right? So one, and I know we still have a couple more transits to cover, but like one, what is the significance of a retrograde specifically, right? So is it really just kind of the looking back, the reflection? Is that the energy of a retrograde? And my second part to that question is like, what is the significance of Mercury and Capricorn as a retrograde since it's happening twice in this year? Yeah, so retrogrades, I think of them by kind of breaking the word down. And so I think about it with the preface of the re, right? So rethinking, um, reorienting, reconsidering, recharging. It's asking you to go backwards. And retrogrades are, you know, visually, they seem, it's almost like a trick, trick, a delusion in a way. It makes the planets look as if they're visually moving backwards, um, even though astronomically they're not literally moving backwards. But astrologically, when you look at your transits charts, after when a retrograde is happening, they'll start to move clockwise around your chart instead of counterclockwise. That's what I meant. So when those planets are moving backwards, it's also pulling us backwards. And so that's why we get a lot of, you know, texts from exes or people from the past pop up situations that we thought we had completely dealt with and moved on from start to resurface for us. And that's because the universe is really literally pulling us backwards to reconsider all of those situations. So with a Mercury retrograde, Mercury being that planet of our mental mind, our communications, our conversations with people, that's why we start to get texts from people in the past, emails that, you know, maybe didn't go through or that are being followed up on again. Um, we start to call people that we haven't talked to in a while because Mercury is asking us to go back to communicating from the past. Um, with Mercury and Capricorn, though, Capricorn being the sign of traditional work, traditional labor, um, ideas of long-term success or building things for the long-term future. You also mentioned that this retrograde, you were definitely thinking about how love fit in with your career. And that has a lot yeah. to do with that Capricorn energy of thinking about, um, you know, the actual work that I'm doing, the long-term career or success plan that I'm building for myself is being reconsidered during the Mercury retrograde. So that's also something that will happen towards the end of the year again, and it won't be as much about love as it was in the beginning when Venus was also retrograde in Capricorn because Venus is the planet of love, but we'll still be rethinking the idea of our foundations as a whole. So thinking about the, that long-term career plan, long-term relationships, who's going to fit into that and how. Oh my gosh. It's like all hitting home because I'm literally thinking back to conversations again that I had with friends where we were just talking about like career and like rethinking we originally had this plan and we originally thought it was going to look this way. And now it's like, Hmm, let's actually reconsider that. What do we, our, mm -hmm. our desires have changed. Like the path that we're paving has changed, especially when it comes to career and how we want to make money and live and sustain ourselves and all these different things. So super fitting. And I'm so curious to see like what kind of conversations we end up having at the end of the year when we experience this specific retrograde again. So yeah, yeah, that would be a fun one. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> all right. So we covered the Venus Mercury retrograde situation. What is sort of the next big one? So I would say we have upcoming on February 16th, a full moon in Leo. That's going to be an amazing day for thinking about manifestations or setting goals for the individual. Um, so individually, who do you want to be? Who do you see yourself being? Leo is the sign of the, of the identity and of the self, the ego. And so with that full moon in Leo, it's allowing things to come to completion under a full moon. And so you might feel like on February 16th, you're kind of looking in the mirror and you're seeing yourself as the person that you all always wanted to be, or you're manifesting seeing yourself as a person that you always wanted to be. Um, you might feel a more full completeness of your identity, feeling a, a larger sense of confidence about who you are, and also the idea of being your most authentic self with Leo energy as well. Um, I think about it as, as huge main character energy, really. On that February 16th, we're really stepping into our place as the main character of our own life and saying, you know what, I'm in charge of my own life. I matter in my own life. I'm the most important person in my life. So these are the goals that I need to set for myself, or this is, um, you know, how I need to envision seeing myself for the rest of the year. Okay. That is going to be a huge one. Um, love that. It's also a lot about manifestation because 
feel like typically I associate more of like the new moon, right? With like that Mm -hmm. manifestation, new energy, creation. So sort of understanding that this full moon has a lot of that beautiful potential for sort of rethinking how you see yourself and how you want to show up in the world is going to be really important. And I know we talked about the content calendar and like when this episode was going to go live, but I think we're going to have to shift it up so that we you know, <laughs> give the people the tea on the full moon that will literally be happening next week. So that is going mm-hmm. to be fun. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's chat about the summer now. What is happening yeah. in the summer? What is, what's popping off? Yeah. So before the summer in March, there's going to be kind of that like turning point that I had mentioned. And so we'll have the beginning months that February full moon, especially to really be focusing on ourselves as individuals, focusing on what we want, our own motivations. Um, But when we turn to March, it's going to start to shift a lot more outwards where we're going to be looking to our community and to our collective a lot more. So we'll have the new moon in Pisces on March 2nd. And then on March 6th, we'll have the Mars and Venus conjunction in Aquarius. And so this is huge for collective action. It marks a turning point almost like a reset of sorts. People will be setting new hopes, new wishes, new dreams. Um, Again, not only for themselves, but for the other people around them. So a lot of people will be kind of looking around and saying, you know, this is what I want for myself. This is the future that I want for me, for my family, my children, my friends, et cetera, et cetera. But in the state of the world that we're in right now, it's not attainable. And so people are going to be gathering together as a collective to turn their dreams, their hopes of what society should be like into reality. Um, And so Aquarius and Pisces both being the two humanitarians of the Zodiac is a huge thing because they're both going to be pushing us to take action to actually fight for those communities and those causes that we love. And that fighting part is going to come from Mars and that love part is going to come from Venus. So with that turning point in March, that's going to lead us into the summer, which is just going to be full of retrogrades. So we'll have Pluto retrograding in April. Mercury will retrograde again in May. Saturn is going to, or Saturn and Neptune are both going to retrograde in June. We'll have the asteroids Vesta and Juno joining Jupiter and Chiron in retrograde in July. And then Uranus will close out the summer by going retrograde as well. So everything is going to be pulling us backwards really. And because a lot of those are going to be generational planets and those outer planets, again, it's going to be very collective based. This is not going to be as much about rethinking as individuals, as much as it's going to be about rethinking for the bigger society, for the bigger collective, um, and kind of rethinking for a much bigger purpose than just ourselves. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm getting chills as you were saying this. I've seen this conversation again, happening so much, like, especially with people just like rethinking how like things like work should be structured, um, the different things that have failed our, or failed us on an individual and collective level in the systems that have been like really, really exposed during the pandemic. Like we've just seen a lot of things like almost like crumbling around us or almost like, you know, we're taking off the glasses and being like, oh wait, like that's not how that should be or that needs to be rethought or rebuilt. So I love that this energy is like focused on the collective and how we're all going to sort of like band together and actually create the change. Like, what is that quote? It's literally create the change that you want to see in the world. Like, exactly yeah, be the that. change that, that you want. To, exactly. Yes. Like that's the vibe it's giving. And I am, I am just, I'm ready. I am ready for that. I mean, I'm sure because it's a lot of retrogrades, like, is that going to be just in in a way like a tough uh, summer? Like, is it going to be like energetically sort of hard to cope? Or is it because of the like planets specifically that are retrograding? Will it sort of be easy for us to be going about this change and to be like doing these things? Yeah, so I would say the retrograde energy. And if we think about, you know, context-wise where we will be in this summer. This is going to be our third summer in quarantine, right? So thinking about retrogrades as kind of this pulled backwards, interfered with locked up energy. It's kind of like everybody's itching to be outside. Everybody's tired. They're exhausted of being inside. They're tired of being scared to go outside. Um, It's almost like this people might sit with the actual realization of like, oh my God, this is our third summer in the house. Like I can't do this anymore. Um, And so a lot of those decisions that our governments, for example, across the entire world have made about the pandemic are going to start to be forced Um, those leaders to be held accountable for by the collective. The collective is going to be holding those uh, governments a lot more accountable, holding other groups who said that they were here to help us accountable. Um, We're going to see something kind of similar to last summer where 
community was really supporting community when we saw the, that increase in mutual aid, for example, that's definitely going to be something that we see with the Aquarius uh, Mars and Venus conjunction as well, where we're going to start to become a lot more dependent on each other as a collective and less reliant on just the leaders and the people who say we should rely on them. So I would definitely say it's going to be almost, it's not inherently, it's going to be challenging, but it's going to be a lot of pent up energy. Um, those retrogrades asking us to just revisit the past. There's so much that has happened in the past two years. And so it's going to be a bit painful, not a bit painful. It's going to be pretty painful to really sit with and, you know, almost like absorb, especially with that Pluto retrograde, thinking about Pluto as really big transformations also associated with death and the math mass deaths that we have seen over the past two years. It's something where we might feel a bit more of a collective grief, um, but that also allows us to come together and to support each other, to lean on each other in those hard times. And so with that in mind, I think it becomes a lot easier because you're not doing it by yourself anymore. You're not feeling like, oh, I must be the only person who's tired of this pandemic, or I must be the only one who can't work anymore in this pandemic, or I must be the problem. Um, and in reality, we're turning and we're looking around and realizing that all of us are tired, all of us are wary, all of us are angry, and all of us want something to change. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Yeah, that theme of community, I feel like has been huge, especially because I think the pandemic has forced a lot of us into isolation, right? So it's like a lot of us can't see friends or family and I mean, now it's like a little bit different than how it was maybe a year ago, but I definitely think the idea of community and like people coming together, being able to support each other, being able to see that it's not just you, like you said, that's tired, um, that things really do need to change because we're just, I don't know, especially with like things like work, just like going about work the day to day. And sometimes I'll, I'll literally be like, what is going on? Like, why, what is the point of all this when literally like, do we not see what's going on right now in the world? Sometimes it feels like very insane to be sitting in a meeting talking about things that in some ways just feel like it just, they don't matter. Like they're just not what we should be focusing on right now. So exactly. very, very, very curious to see like how all of that plays out and like some of the movements we see, or maybe some of like the businesses we see started or some of the different things that we see happening as a result of these energies. So is it that at the end of the summer, these planets now go direct? So they'll, they won't be going direct in the summer because these planets move pretty slowly. A lot of these oh. outer planets or asteroids. Okay. So they will be in retrograde for, um, you know, we'll start to see them move closer to like the fall, the, not even fall, the winter more so like Jupiter will go direct in those, at the end of November, Neptune mm -hmm. will go direct, um, you know, beginning of December, December, but it's more so going to be 
what they cause us to reconsider is going to be really big because it is these outer planets. Um, but when they go direct, those transformations, those realizations that we had are going to start um, setting in stone. What's going to be really interesting is actually going to be this Scorpio season where when the sun moves into, into Scorpio, Venus will also move into Scorpio on the, at the exact same time, at the exact same day. We'll also have that new moon solar eclipse that happens in Scorpio. Um, Mercury will be entering Scorpio and we'll have a Mars retrograde too. So Scorpio being the sign of transformations, not just changes, but actually like everything transforming that Scorpio season is going to be huge for all of the things that we had just been reflecting on as a collective actually now transforming and changing. The thing with Scorpio is Scorpio is not inherently the most you know, sunshines and rainbows kind of energy. So a lot of these transformations are going to be things that we have to fight for. And so working together is a huge thing for the end of this year. And so using the beginning of the year to really ground yourself and figure out who am I? Who do I want to be? What are my goals? What is the future that I see for myself? So that then you can fight not only for your dreams, but for the dreams of the people around you too. And ultimately that leaves all of us a lot better by the end of the year. Mm, okay. And so it also at the start of the year, since we're getting clear on like our goals, our visions, we're also in some ways kind of aligning with other people who have like a similar vision, a similar goal, that kind of thing by the end of the year. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like, you know, especially through this pandemic, the past couple of years, everybody has kind of almost been like sleepwalking. We're just mm-hmm. kind of mindlessly drifting, mindlessly trying to survive through it all. We, we haven't even really been able to get our hopes up for things because we don't know. We have no ability to kind of prepare for what's next. And so by this point in the end of the year, where we've had all of these kind of um, opportunities to come together, to hear each other out, listen to each other, figure out what does my community need? How can I serve my community better? Um, We understand what it is. It's almost like it fuels us as individuals. Now we have something to really fight for, or we realize it's okay for me to fight for what I want because I'm standing next to other people who also have their own goals, their own motivations that they want to achieve as well. So it's kind of other, everybody coming together for their own needs, collectively because that has really been abandoned for the past two years we haven't been able to have inspiration have hope for things set goals for anything and so now we're allowing each other um, to kind of build each other up and say no I believe that you can do this and here's what I'll do to help you achieve that goal when I help you achieve that goal this is what you'll do for me to help me achieve this goal and then I'll help this person you'll help this person that person will help this person and it's that very networking kind of energy where everybody is lifting each other up together instead of you know trying to every man for himself or, or just trying to stand out in the crowd. I am so excited for this. Me I too. Can't wait. Yeah. All right. So how are we rounding off the year then? Um, I would say we're really rounding off the year in a period of, you know, I, I, I see it as, and you mentioned something kind of similar to this earlier, but mm-hmm. I think that this summer of the retrogrades is really going to be us demolishing everything really I see it in my head as almost like a tower moment in tarot where (laughs) mm -hmm, where everything has to crumble everything has to fall and when we do that the Scorpio season is going to be where we're now able to be those phoenixes rising from the ashes we're rebuilding on top and again that mercury retrograde in Capricorn at the end of the year will really help us with thinking about planning for moving forward what is the long-term goals what are the long-term ideas um, that our society is going to structure moving forward and so that can definitely show up as with Mercury being the planet of things being written down. It can definitely be, you know, governments or countries changing their commandments or their, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Oh, their legislation or changing um, how their uh, governments work or changing how, you know, they're legislating specific people or specific groups of things, specific issues. Um, It can also show up as just the collective language that we're using around certain situations um, is more sensitive or different. Um, The mindset of the collective is changing. And so with Scorpio season, it it can definitely be a lot more empathetic towards loss and and death and grief and things like that as well. So it definitely seems like we're really going to be almost like just sitting with everything that has changed, sitting with all of those transformations and slowly rebuilding with Capricorn energy. It doesn't seem inherently like we need to be rushing after this, after we've destroyed everything and started to rebuild. It seems like something that we're really going to want to be intentional about and really rethinking um, 
what are these structures? How are we going to not make the same mistakes again? Who are we going to put in control? Or what are the rules that this person is going to have to follow when they have control so that we don't end up in the same place that we just were? Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned earlier too, like the, the holding our leaders accountable, right? To mm-hmm. either like what they've said, decisions they've made or not made, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be a huge one as well. But how can we best prepare for these transits? Because sometimes I think with like transits and things like that, um, it can be really hard to want to face it, especially if you mentioned, you know, like the retrogrades in the summer, like it might be hard for us to go through that, to like want to reflect, to sit with that grief, things like that. So what are some ways that we can prepare throughout the year for all of these major transits and the way that we are literally going to be going through like a collective tower moment together? Like what is the best way to prepare for something like that? I think that the biggest principle to hold on to this year is to go with the flow. These are not retrogrades that you want to be fighting against, honestly. Um, Even the Mercury and the Venus retrograde we just had, a lot of people were like, whoa, that was really intense. And it's because a lot of the retrogrades this year are coming with hands, like they're they're serious. Um, And so letting these things happen, when you feel called to the past, when you feel called to remember a past person or rethink a past situation or go back to a time where, um, you know, you struggled in the past through this pandemic or something like that, let yourself go there. Don't force yourself to just only look forward and to just keep your eyes focused on your goals moving forward. Otherwise, you're really not going to achieve them this year with the, the impactful retrogrades that are happening. You have to be willing to look back at the mistakes that you've made, look back at the successes that you've had and use those as ways to plan accordingly for the future. So letting yourself be pulled backwards and not fearing the idea of reflection or fearing the idea of redoing things um, and getting that second chance to really clarify things or to really end situations once and for all um, or to really allow yourself to see things clearly for what they really were. Those are all good things, you know, and a lot of people fear them and are scared of saying, oh, I don't want to text this person again, or I don't want to, you know, have a conversation that I should have had months ago because I'm too scared of it. But the more that you are actively putting energy into fighting the retrograde, um, you know, the more that you could have been using that energy to just cope with the results of doing it and confronting whatever it was. So I would say that the biggest thing is just going to be going with the flow, letting this reflection happen with the retrogrades. Um, And just generally for these bigger transits with all of these outer planets moving in this specific way, don't feel like you need to do anything alone. I I don't think that this is going to be a good year, especially not this summer for isolation. Obviously we have to be safe in the pandemic, but I think that we're really going to feel a call to find community and find collective support in whatever ways we can. So whether that means, you know, joining support groups on Zoom or whether it means um, finding ways to become creative with how we're seeing each other in person, this is going to be a year where people really, really need their community. And so finding those ways that community can safely be together and also be protected at the same time is going to be huge instead of feeling like, oh, I'm going to do everything myself and I'm going to just lead the pack and I'm not going to ask anyone for help or I'm not going to you know, be there for other people because I'm so focused on myself. None of that's going to work this year. It is really something where you need to reach out your arms to the people around you. Um, and also when people are reaching out their arms to you and reaching out support to you, this is going to be the year where you want to practice taking it yes uh shameless plug for the (laughs) online virtual community for manifest daily guys link in the show notes um literally we're planning our first virtual event for this friday and that is literally the vibe like just community like come let's just chat about life let's just sit and like sip wine or you know (laughs) take a shot of tequila or something like i don't know just do whatever and hang out but I think I really needed to hear the reflection piece. I want to thank you for that because that was beautifully said. And um, I know I've personally been going through like just reflecting on my last relationship and thinking about that person. And I've in some ways been trying to fight it of like, okay, why, why is this coming up? Like, why am I thinking about this? Like, I don't want to go back there again. Like I've moved on, Mm -hmm. but I think you're right. Like there is nothing to fear if it's like, you're looking back at a situation and you're trying to just have that clarity or to remind yourself like, you know, of what happened or just to sort of like, look at it from a different perspective and answer some questions that you've been afraid of answering or ask yourself some questions you've been afraid to ask yourself. So 
I definitely needed to hear that. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Of course. That. <laughs> yeah. But I, I agree. Like sometimes, you know, the reflection is hard. Okay. It it's, is hard. Hard. it's scary. <laughs> it's definitely scary. And we're going to have some pretty significant Mercury retrograde specifically this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, with Mercury ruling the brain and where our brain will be taking us, we will definitely find ourselves um, a bit more reminiscent, more nostalgic this year with the retrogrades that are happening, but they're all happening for um, pretty important reasons. We're going to have, like we just had that Mercury retrograde in Capricorn. It's going to happen again at the end of this year. We have in May, the Mercury retrograde in Taurus. And then we have on September 9th, the Mercury retrograde in Libra. And so with that Capricorn energy and then that double Venus energy, it's asking us to figure out how do we balance work and play. And you had mentioned this earlier Mm -hmm. too, where you were saying um, you and your friends have been talking about how you know, labor is not sufficient in the way that it is, or it's not sustainable in the way that it is right now. And so this year we're going to be figuring out what do I really love? What brings me happiness? What brings me joy? And what can I also see myself doing for the rest of my life? What are my lifelong goals, my lifelong successes? Um, And what are the responsibilities that I need to take to get there to find happiness? And so allowing yourself to reflect this year is really for your own greater good reflecting on past love especially um, and remembering that Venus is not just past relationships but it's also past moments of self-love with yourself the relationship you have with you and so revisiting those hard times where maybe your self-esteem was low or you were in a relationship with someone who didn't respect you and affected your self-esteem is important to do so that you can go forward loving yourself even more or um, taking pride in the fact that you're now in a different place than you were in that past year or in those past years. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Yeah. No, the, yeah, I think the labor thing is huge. Cause it's kind of like exactly what you said. I don't necessarily think that it is sustainable in the way that it is. And just kind of like, you know, a lot of people being overworked and already we're all so tired as it is. And just kind of being forced to be like, let's just go to work and pretend everything is okay. And like, ignore <laughs> literally what is happening in the world. And just not take time to rest or to play or to enjoy life because we've all come to this sort of like realization, this like drastic realization that like life really is short. Like we really don't know how much time we have here. And so play is important. Being able to actually enjoy time with like family and friends and yourself is important. It's not just all about like work, you know, exactly. It's not all about work. So exactly. Yeah. I know you mentioned that, you know, a lot of this year is really going with the flow, especially with these like tough transits that we might be facing or we will be facing rather. But is there anything that we can kind of like look to in our chart specifically for maybe guidance or is there any way that we can kind of like look at our chart, interpret our chart to sort of give us, I don't know, some, some sort of help as we go through this, this year. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, is going to be learning how to actually read your transit chart. And so I always recommend astro.com pulling your chart up on there. Um, you can type in different dates. And so if you want to see, oh, I have this specific, you know, move coming up or this job opportunity, or I'm graduating, you can always plug in those dates and see what's going to be going on with the transits on that specific date to see what it is you need to prepare for, or if there's hurdles, if there's battles that are coming up, if things are going to be easy, all of that is able to be seen through your transit chart. So um, the big thing that you really need to master is being able to visually see what planet, for example, if there's a retrograde happening, what house is that planet actually retrograding in? Because that's going to tell you what area of life it is that that retrograde, that planet is going to be actually affecting for you. And so Figuring out, again, seeing it as almost like a guidebook of figuring out, okay, so this retrograde is going to be happening in my fourth house. I'm going to be thinking about my family for a long period of time, or this is going to go direct in my 10th house. I'm going to be thinking about my career during this time. I would say that's really going to be the most helpful thing. And, you know, I also offer predictions readings on my site where we can sit down and do that visually together. But again, it's something where if you can just kind of open up your your uh, laptop or pull it up on your phone really quickly throughout the day and check. It is just a life-changing tool. It is the biggest life-changing tool for me um, in my own journey as an astrologer was learning the transits. Mm -hmm. I know that's, I think when we first had a chat, like I had a transit reading, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Highly recommend, (laughs) highly recommend (laughs) the transit reading, like literally so good. 
so so good um thank and, you yeah <laughs> and nautica shares their screen and pulls up like the chart walks you through every single like transit that's happening and sort of the significance dates that you need to be aware of all the things so literally loved it but Nautica, this was such a beautiful conversation, super expansive. Um, I love all the detail that you gave us today. And especially with like all the things that we can do to prepare, all the dates we need to know, all that good stuff. But to wrap up our conversation, I would love to know how we can find you, how we can work with you, all of the things that we need to know. Um, obviously, all the links will be down the show notes for the audience to go check out. But just leave us with like a little spiel, you know, a little tea of where to find you. Yeah, so you can always find me over on Twitter and Instagram. I'm very active on Twitter. Um, and they're both at Low Astro Angel. I really, really recommend reaching out to me and connecting with me just through my website, though, lowastroangel.com. That's just a bit more intimate. I mean, there's always so much drama happening on Twitter. There's so much going on on Twitter at all times. And so if you want to connect with me more intimately, more personally, um, in an environment and space where I'm able to see you at your fullest self and you're able to see me at my fullest self, then I would definitely always recommend reaching out to me and booking a reading over on my site. We can book a tarot reading. We can do a live Zoom session and look at your chart. Um, but yeah, I love changing out my readings too. So every time you visit my site, there's normally something new and that makes it so that there's always something for everybody, no matter when they're going to see the site. So if you are somebody who has been waiting or hoping or just itching to climb back into the driver's seat of your own life, then please book with me because that is the whole goal. And that's the whole point of my services. I'm literally running to the site as we speak. <laughs> I'm probably going to book another reading quite soon. So, you know, look for me, look for me. I know. Anyway. I can't wait to see you again. Yes. But anyways, this was such a wonderful conversation. Thank you again for joining me. Um, and thank you guys for listening and tuning into this episode. Thank you. What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary and this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays so if you're curious about bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful amazing beautiful souls head to my website for more information themanifestly.com slash events visit the link in the show notes and yeah let's let's hang out in bali